you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Tuesday, May 11th, 2021, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we give you the three big takeaways from the Orioles' four-game series that just concluded against the Boston Red Sox. Of course, it was a little bit of an odd series. I guess you can call it a weekend series, but it was the uh, unusual Friday through Monday series when you play the Friday-Saturday, the Sunday-day game on Mother's Day, and then a Monday night game to finish it off at Camden Yards. And of course, we talked with you yesterday. The Orioles were in trouble of being swept uh, but they did salvage the final game with a 4-1 to win over the Red Sox on Monday night to get to 16-19 and on the season after they dropped 3 of 4 at home, now 5-13 and at home on the season. But going to give the three big takeaways from the weekend series, and it's all going to have to do actually with pitching this weekend in those three big takeaways. So that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On Orioles sent you. So to start, we're going to get right into it. Three big takeaways from the Orioles series loss to the Red Sox. As Boston comes in, they stay in first place, and they take three of four at Camden Yards from the Orioles. And the first big takeaway, we stay on the positive side for the Orioles from the weekend, and that is Dean Kramer is another example of what the alternate site and a little time off from the big leagues can do for Orioles players, especially over the last couple of years. Of course, last year, you know, the big influences and, and the big examples of this theory about the Orioles alternate site were, of course, hitters. We saw both DJ Stewart and Cedric Mullins look like they had no idea what to do in the batter's box early in the 2020 season. They went down to the alternate site, they came back, and it was almost like, you know, they had been fixed down at that alternate site and they turned into to pretty good hitters. Of course, Stewart has kind of trailed off a bit this season, but for Mullins, it has turned into a, a much more sustained success, obviously, as he has continued to rake at the plate for the Orioles. And for Dean Kramer this year, you know, it seems to be working more so for pitchers than for hitters here in 2021. Of course, he started the season in the Oriole rotation, like many expected, after a really, really good start to his Orioles career back in 2020. But Things did not go, you know, as well as Dean Kramer would have wanted them to go here to start 2021. He had a couple of, of really rough starts to start the year against the Yankees and against the Mariners. He, you know, settled it down a little bit against the Rangers in that third start, but then got hit around by the Yankees again after coming back from the alternate site. And, you know, kind of the thought was, wow, the alternate site maybe didn't work this time. You know, he went down for his 11 days after that start against the Rangers, came back on the 28th and gave up six runs on 10 hits over four and a third against the Yankees. But since then, he has kind of pulled it together once again. May 3rd against the Mariners, goes six innings, gives up one run on two hits, four Ks and two walks. And then on Sunday against the Red Sox, he had a pretty good Mother's Day start. Three runs on five hits over five innings, three Ks, a walk, and a homer. Uh, you know, he pitched into the sixth inning. He allowed the first two 
batters to reach base, got pulled. Adam Pletko came in, allowed both of those inherited runners to score. So that is why Kramer did have the three earned runs against him. There was a you know a chance that Brandon Hyde could have maybe pulled him after five, and you know that line would have looked a lot better. It would have been you know five innings, one run on three hits with the three Ks and one walk on the day. But Dean Kramer you know, did lower his ERA a bit. It still does sit at six point two three. But he seems a little more confident. And, you know, we know the big part for Dean Kramer is, you know, he's got to get that first pitch strike in there. And, and he was having a really tough time doing that earlier in the season. And just frankly, with throwing strikes, it's been a little bit tough for Dean Kramer. But on Sunday, of course, the Orioles did lose that Sunday game 4-3 to against the Red Sox. But, you know, Dean Kramer was, was good enough. And, you know, it stinks that he had those two inherited runner score and he couldn't get it out in the sixth inning. You would like to see that. But, you know, he was at least looking a little bit better. Now, he wasn't getting, you know, the swings and misses that he needs to get. He only got five whiffs on Sunday. He threw 85 pitches. Only five of those pitches were swung and missed at. Two four-seamers, two cutters, and one curveball he got a swing and miss at in the game on Sunday. Now, you want more than that, but you look at some of the other stats. You know, his spin rate was up on the fastball, was up on the cutter. His velocity was even a little bit up, just, you know, a tick, about a half mile per hour on average on the fastball as well. And frankly, he was throwing more strikes in the game on Sunday. And because he was attacking hitters, that would allow him to, you know, enter the sixth inning at only, you know, 70-some pitches through five innings. And, you know, if he pitches a little better in the sixth, could have easily gotten through the sixth, could have even come back out in the seventh. You know, that's how low his pitch count was. What he was doing earlier in the year was he was getting his pitch count so high. You know, even when he was getting guys out, even when he was striking guys out, you know, ball one, ball two, going three and two, you know, going two and two to guys, you know, three and one. Getting behind so many hitters, if he's at least throwing more strikes, you would obviously like to see way more than five whiffs in 85 pitches. That's not a great number to have. A called strike and whiff percentage of just 19% on the day is a bad number. But what impressed me was, you know, what they sent him down to the alternate site to do was to throw more strikes. That's the reason they sent Keegan Aiken down. And of course, we saw Keegan Aiken activated to the active roster yesterday for the first time in 2021. So he'll finally make uh, his debut this season for the Orioles at some point this week out of the bullpen. But for Kramer, it was about throwing strikes. And since he's come back up in these last two starts, you know, the stuff hasn't been amazing and he's not getting all those swings and misses, but he's throwing more strikes and that is huge for the Orioles. And now he's just got to combine the two things, the nasty stuff that gets the whiffs that we've seen at times this year. And we saw a lot in 2020, combine it with the first pitch strikes, the more time spent in the strike zone we've seen over the last two starts. You put that together, you've got yourself a pretty good starter in Dean Kramer. Next up, we're going to talk about another young Orioles starter who made his first career start on Saturday for the O's. Now, did not go well for Zach Lowther, but just wanted to put it in perspective a little bit. We're talking about that in our second big takeaway. We come back from this break. So we'll get back to the Orioles talk in just a second, but first got to tell you about Sports Trade. If you guys heard about it, it's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added baseball to the platform, so check it out today. Making money with sports trade, it's pretty simple. As a player, value rises and falls based on two factors. One, statistical performance as compared to their projected fantasy points. And two, supply and demand. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and sign up to get started. So sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. 
It is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the game at sportstrade.com. And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Credit Karma. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma money, you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making those purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50000 ATMs. So right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVP Bank Incorporated, member FDIC, maximum balance, and transfer limits apply. So we move on to our second big takeaway from the Orioles weekend. Against the Red Sox, of course, with Boston coming in, taking three of four from the Orioles at Camden Yards. And we stick with young starting pitchers. Talked about the success for Dean Kramer. It was not the same for Zach Lowther. Of course, we saw Lowther a couple weeks ago make his major league debut out of the bullpen. You know, huge lead, comes in in an 8-1 to one game, throws a scoreless inning, gets his first strikeout of Matt Chapman to finish off an Oriole victory against the A's and snap Oakland's 13-game winning streak. We were, you know, excited to see Lowther continue to pitch, maybe out of the bullpen, maybe get a start, but he got sent back down to the alternate site, and, you know, he spent two weeks off the Orioles roster. He was on the taxi squad for a lot of that time, so he did travel with the team. Never did make a start in Norfolk, though, before he did get activated once again to the roster over the weekend, and they gave him Saturday night's start, which was his second Major League appearance and, of course, his first start. Well, you know, things did not go as well as Zach Lowther would have wanted. He Started things out pretty well. He started with a strikeout on a really good curveball to get a swing and miss from Michael Chavis. Had a couple of hard hit balls in the first inning, but did get out of the first despite one hit uh, with a zero on the board. But he came back out there in that second inning, and things uh, just were not the same. Uh, He was giving up some hard contact, some walks. Chavis hit the two-run homer. All of a sudden, it was a four-run second against Zach Lowther. Uh, then he let a couple of runners on in the third, get, did get another strikeout before he left the game, but you know those runners did end up scoring as the Red Sox got three more in the third. And all in all, Lowther's you know, first career start goes two and a third, allows seven runs on seven hits, three strikeouts, two walks, and a home run in 65 pitches. So you, know, you look at that, and it definitely is a little concerning for your first career start if you're Zach Lowther. You know, ended up throwing 65 pitches, 38 of them fastballs, 14 changeups, and 13 curveballs on the day. But if you look a little deeper into the numbers and you know what other young Orioles pitchers have done in their first couple of appearances, you don't have to feel too, too bad for Zach Lowther. Now, you know, Brandon Hyde did say after the game he was planning on having Lowther move back to the bullpen and stay with the team. Well, that did not last for very long. Before Monday's game, Lowther was optioned uh, in favor of Keegan Aiken, who, as I mentioned before, you know, was activated for the first time to the Orioles here in 2021. So we will see Aiken for the first time later this week. But for Lowther, he's going to go back to Norfolk. And, you know, we'll probably get a couple starts finally in that AAA Norfolk Tides rotation with the minor league season starting last week. 
But for, for Lowther, you know, we know the ball was hit hard. But you want to look a little bit deeper. He throws 38, you know, fastballs. And he gets, you know, some good whiffs. He gets six swings and misses on those pitches. He had a 34% called strike and whiff percentage. He had seven called strike, six whiffs on the pitch. That is a pretty good number for that pitch. Look at the changeup. He got four whiffs. Look at the curveball. He got two whiffs. Both of them were for strikeouts as well. Overall in the day, he had a 32% called strike and whiff percentage. You know, if you're above 30, you've had usually a pretty good day on the mound. Now, that was not the case for Lowther. Tagged with seven runs in, you know, only recording seven outs on the day. It's not where you want to be. But if you look a little deeper into the numbers, it looked pretty good. Also, another thing that, you know, people have brought up and I think is a is a pretty good point. You know, his fastball averaged 91, but he was up around 93 and, and even, you know, touched 94 a couple of times a lot in the game. That's not where Lowther usually sits. You're usually going to see him sitting 90 to 91, which is what he did end up averaging. But you rarely will see him, you know, rear it back for 94. And a lot of that could be the adrenaline and struggling a bit with the control. And what, of course, is your first major league start, you know, you're making against the Boston Red Sox. There's a lot of pressure on you as well. But, you know, you look back to what some of the Orioles young pitchers have done, you know, early in their careers. Bruce Zimmerman, his first start, his first appearance against the Rays last year, got crushed by that Rays lineup, came right back for his second appearance out of the bullpen and had, you know, four really strong innings out of the pen against Boston and then turned it into a great spring and a a pretty solid start for him this season. Look at Keegan Aiken. He got hit around a couple of times last season got sent back down you know to Norfolk one time before coming back up he had some bad starts in 2020 but he was able to rebound Dean Kramer you know he started his career with a couple of good starts but then he got rocked against the Red Sox late last year still was able to turn it around have a good spring and make the roster this year once again for the Orioles so I'm not counting out Zach Lowther from one bad start and that's really the the takeaway here for Zach Lowther you know the Underlying numbers looked good. He threw the pitches he wanted to. He's a three-pitch guy with the fastball, changeup, curveball. He got, you know, those 12 swings and misses. He threw 65 pitches, and he got 12 swings and misses. That is a pretty good stat. You know, you look at that. We talked about Dean Kramer, five whiffs and 85 pitches, looking much, much better for Lowther, but sometimes, you know, the hard-hit balls, just they all fall in instead of finding somebody's glove where they found more people's gloves for Dean Kramer in his Sunday start versus what happened to Zach Lowther on Saturday? Things snowballed, and of course, you know, the Orioles pitch Pat Faleka in the ninth inning in that game, does throw a scoreless inning, but the O's lost that game 11 to 6 in game two of the series. But, you know, I'm not going to count out Zach Lowther. I'm, you know, I, I wanted to see him more at the major leagues, but I am happy they're sending him down to Norfolk because you can keep him in Norfolk for a few weeks. You can finally get him on a regular schedule, which he really hasn't been on this season. You got to remember, you know, he doesn't make the team. He goes to the alternate site. You're not really, you know, pitching in real games. Then he gets called up before the AAA season starts. Then he gets sent down, but he's on the taxi squad, so he never actually gets to pitch at AAA. Then he comes back up for one start, then gets sent down again. If you just send him to Norfolk, he's going to slot in in the AAA rotation. He'll be the number one guy. And, you know, send him down there for three weeks. Let him get, you know, four starts on regular rest. Let him build himself back up. And then you can call him back up, you know, sometime in June and give him another shot at this. I'm not too worried. Now, if his lines look like that consistently in Norfolk, you know, over the next couple of weeks, that's going to be a different thing for Lowther. But I still think his stuff is there. I still think he's got exciting stuff. He's never going to be a top of the rotation guy, but he could be a back end starter, you know, or a reliever and a solid one at that at the major league level. Just don't overreact to a bad first start for Zach Lowther. But we're going to talk about one more pitcher for our third takeaway when we come back, and that is Jorge Lopez, who finally made it through the fifth inning for the Orioles. 
actually almost made it through six and looked really good once again for, you know, a small chunk of innings. But he's been looking good for really the first three innings of every single start this year. Does that mean the Orioles should maybe use him in a different way down the stretch? We'll talk about that after this break. Back to the Orioles chatter in just a second, but first got to tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now baseball season, it's in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest nudes, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you're looking to wager on some sports this week, head over to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So how the weekend went for the Orioles against the Red Sox. Started Friday night, they fell 6-2. Saturday, they lose 11-6. And Sunday, it was a tight one on Mother's Day. They lose 4-3. But they did get that fourth game in the series against the Red Sox. And they did end up winning it 4-1 to to salvage the final game against 16-19 and now on the season. But going into that final game, trying to avoid the sweep, you're looking at the starting pitchers, you're saying, well, Jorge Lopez is headed back to the mound. And uh, you can usually get about three good innings out of him. And uh, that might be about it usually for Jorge Lopez. But what the Orioles did get out of Jorge Lopez this time was much better. He ends up going five and two thirds. He allows just one run on the day on four hits, five strikeouts, no walks for Jorge Lopez. And it was just 71 pitches to get through it. And you're asking 71 pitches. He was rolling. Why don't you let him stay out there later? There was a runner on second with two outs. And Raphael Devers was coming up. Tanner Scott was ready in the bullpen. Brandon Hyde made the right move to go get Scott. He comes in, strikes out Devers to uh, keep the game one-to-one. And then in the bottom of the inning, Trey Mancini homers to give the O's the lead. And they add on and hold on to that four-to-one victory as the bullpen was perfect for the Orioles. Scott got an out. And then Lakins in the seventh, Fry in the eighth, Valdez in the ninth. They retired all 10 batters that they face pretty impressive from the bullpen. But the big takeaway is from Jorge Lopez. And, you know, although he did get through five and two thirds and many would say was probably his best start of the season. He got through the fifth inning, which has been such a problem for him. He struck out five. He didn't walk anybody, which is huge for Lopez. The fourth inning when he allowed the first two batters to reach and, you know, things were looking pretty bad. He got out of that inning, just giving up the one run, limited the damage and was able to get through the fifth and almost the sixth you know, things are looking better for Jorge Lopez and are looking better for him for potentially staying in this Oriole rotation. And, you know, he would seemingly be the first guy you would think to go out of the rotation with all these young pitchers coming up. But it seems like every time one pitcher comes up, like a Lowther or an Aiken or whoever it may be, another one goes down, like a Kramer or a Zimmerman, to the alternate site for the Orioles. So Lopez has continued to hold onto that spot. And obviously this start today is going to very much help him. But, you know, it, it makes you question... You know, would he work maybe better in another role? And and the big takeaway from the weekend, despite him pitching a little bit better, is that, you know, Jorge Lopez might be able to help the Orioles at some point here this season in a different role than he is pitching in at the moment. Because you look at what Lopez has done this season, and, you know, usually through sometimes four, but most of the time just the first three innings, 
He has been dynamite this year. Now, these are numbers going into Monday's start. Obviously, things got a little better for him in Monday's start. But on the year, he had not allowed a run in the first inning. That continued on Monday with another zero. It was 24 batters faced in the first inning, just three hits, six strikeouts, and uh, no walks, and again, a zero ERA. ERA in the second inning, just 3.00, has given up two runs on the season in that second inning, now with seven innings worked, two runs allowed. Third inning has been a little bit more of an issue for him, four runs allowed in seven innings. Fourth inning, you know, he settled down a bit. He has allowed now three runs in seven innings. The fifth inning for Jorge Lopez going into going into the game on Monday, he had recorded just seven outs in the fifth inning. He had allowed 11 earned runs, 14 at-bats, 20 plate appearances. He had allowed eight hits, three home runs. He had walked six. He hadn't struck out anybody in that time. And again, 11 earned runs against him in the fifth inning, a 42.43 ERA in the fifth inning through six starts for Jorge Lopez. And, you know, when you think about how good he's been through three and, and really through four, a lot of the times you have to think two things. One, should he be an opener, which I've seen many on Orioles Twitter kind of bring up, you know, you send him out there for three innings, he dials it up. You know, the velocity has been really, really good for Jorge Lopez over the past couple of starts, you look at tonight, that might have been his highest velocity of the season. He was averaging about 95.5 on the fastball. He got it up there to 98 a couple of times tonight. That is pretty impressive for Jorge Lopez. You know, his his two-year average is about, you know, a, a 94.8 on the fastball, right around 95. He was a tick up on average and way up on his max velo, which was up at 98. On the night. So if he's throwing 98 when he knows he's starting and trying to get through six, seven innings, imagine what he could throw. You know, if he knows he's only going out there throwing two to three innings, we could see 100 miles an hour from Jorge Lopez. And, you know, that is the big thing. You know, would he be an opener, a guy who goes three innings, and then you can put a guy like Zach Lowther or Bruce Zimmerman or Keegan Aiken behind him in a little less stressed spot? You try to bring him in, you know, near the bottom of the lineup, bring him in in the fourth inning, you know, get him settled into the game a little bit better. And Jorge Lopez is kind of an extended opener who maybe goes three innings. I'm also thinking there's potentially, you know, time for Lopez to maybe just be a straight-up reliever, a guy who, you know, is going to extend, and he can give you, obviously, you know, two innings plus every time he pitches, but if he knows he's out there for six outs, he could throw 100 with that run on that fastball, which, you know, he got eight whiffs on 71 pitches tonight. You know, he, he's throwing the ball pretty good. That change-up looks good. You know, the knuckle curve is it still needs some work, but that fastball change-up is a good two-pitch mix, he could throw that sinker and changeup as a two-pitch pitcher as a reliever. He's throwing 100 miles an hour on that fastball, and then, you know, that changeup comes in right around 88 to 89. That is a really good mix for a guy trying to get, you know, six or seven outs out of the bullpen. And, you know, I like the opener idea as well because he seems to do well starting games, and, you know, those first couple of innings look really good as they did, you know, once again. Um, in the game on Monday night, retire the first six batters he faced in the game. But you, know, you think about Jorge Lopez as a reliever, and as we get later and later into the season, the Orioles are hoping that it all comes together for Kramer and Zimmerman and Lowther and Aiken. When you add those guys to Means and you know Harvey and other guys who might want a shot, like you know Adam Pletko and and others on this team. You, know, you put that all together, you look at it, you know, where does the spot continue to be for Jorge Lopez if he's not pitching like he did Monday night in every single start? So instead, my thought is. 
Put him in the bullpen. Let him run it up to 100 through two innings. I think he could be a really nasty reliever. And I think it could really help the Orioles. And it could really help them knowing that, you know, if the young pitchers can only get through four and a third, if you can bring Jorge Lopez in after that to get out of a jam, get through two innings, and get it to the back end of the bullpen, he could be another Adam Pletko who's been really good at that this year. But, you know, when Pletko is throwing 90, trying to dart you with the cutter and the two-seamer, then you have the fire coming from Jorge Lopez fastball changeup. That's two weapons you love to have in your bullpen. So just something that maybe, you know, the Orioles would think about changing that role for Jorge Lopez. But that's your look at the weekend for the Orioles. Again, they do lose three of four. But if you're going to lose three of four, it's nice to win the final one, not get swept, come out of the series with a victory. Four to one for the O's over the Red Sox last night against 16 and 19 on the season. Before we go, I uh, do got to tell you about another podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's the Locked On Today podcast. And today on the Locked On Today podcast, do the New York Knicks have what it takes to go on an NBA playoff run? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Next up for the Orioles, quick two-game series in Queens against the New York Mets. They will play tonight and then tomorrow afternoon. It is John Means Day. He will make his first start since the no-hitter against the New York Mets. He will face off with Marcus Stroman, who will pitch for New York in this one. Enjoy John Means. Hey, maybe the next time we're talking, it's back-to-back no-hitters for John Means. But we will be back tomorrow recapping tonight's game in New York and talking about the newest Oriole addition as they claimed left-handed reliever Brandon Waddell from the Minnesota Twins sent him to AAA Norfolk. We will talk about him on the episode a little bit tomorrow as well. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.